Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord this morning. Just want to thank the Lord this morning for another day that the Lord has made. Coming together this morning on the Creating a Proud Culture of God this morning with saints all over the world, saints that are part of a new Freedom Christian Ministry and more than Conquer Boys Christ Ministry, Pastor Dave, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Sharon Cooks, and all of us here gathered together this morning just to amen, continue to learn what is written for our learning, that we may understand the power of God's love, uh, we may understand the power of humility, we may understand the power of what is required of us as Christians, that we may be better qualified to be able to share when that opportunity presents itself the love of God with, the, with God's people and giving them an opportunity, amen, to see God's love working in each and every one of us because it has been shed apart in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we just have so much to be thankful for, amen, here this morning in Destin, Florida, on the beach in the hotel resort here in the room this morning and just been up just talking to the Lord and just, just blessing Him and just thanking Him for his demonstrated love toward us each and every day and, and his, his kindness his tender mercy uh, I just thank you for it this morning so we're here continuously celebrating Pastor Sharon's 60th birthday amen and we're going to be going out here walking this morning I'm on the beach a little bit later but this morning I just wanted to get together and share some some, uh, some, some scripture with you this morning on the creating a proud culture for God and then pray and get you on your way today. But we just thank God. Welcome on you this morning on this Thursday morning, July the 7th, 2022, as we're working and striving toward building a future of optimal overall wellness. And, you know, we like to say physical wellness, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, financial wellness, occupational wellness, environmental wellness and social wellness and we've been all been able to touch on all of those on this trip i mean it's been every one of those areas have been touched and impacting our lives in some kind of way so we know we're on the right path we know we're building uh, the future that god has planned for us and so we thank god for uh the creating proud culture that he gave us mandated to be able to block against or counterpunch against all those evil forces that the spirits of darkness set out the evil spirit based of to being redeemed because of God's power that works through his people. So we thank God this morning for the creating of our culture for God. And any other opinion, uh, we had experience last night on Wednesday night our power prayer call where the saints came together. It was really a blessing. Probably one of the better ones. The flow was excellent. We thank the Lord for Pastor Pastor leadership as they hosted the prayer last night. And it was just a blessing. And we're here this morning, early risers, uh, to learn some more about what's written for our learning in the word of the Lord. Amen. So we're going to go uh, to the uh, to the scriptures this morning. Amen. Uh, pick up our study this morning on this Thursday morning. Uh, again, like I said, I'm here with Pastor Shannon and uh, dear sister Christopher from Manassas, Virginia, on the line this morning to talk about the revelation about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we've been uh, kind of hovering around in the first book of John, chapter 4, verse 7, and there's four precepts that we've been breaking down in this verse. We went through precept A, uh, and we went through precept B. Now we're dealing with precept C, and, and then we'll cover D. And uh, this verse of scripture reads, Beloved, let us uh, love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. 
and this proves that we are born of God and that we know God when we function and operate and carry his love forward to a dying, unregenerate world out there that's struggling for love and they're looking for it in all the wrong places. And we're not talking about the love of the world, that Felipe love, that's love too. But we're dealing with love uh, that's called the agape love, unconditional love of God that put in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And there's so many different levels uh, that dictate to us, uh, you know, and command us how to love according to was written in the scripture for our learning. This proves that we know God. Amen. And that we're born of God. As difficult as it might be sometimes to love some cold-hearted, stiff-necked people, but that's the reason I like that because they're without love, love of life, love of people, love of souls, love of God. So we want to dive into this again this morning and pick up our study this morning or some, this school, some scripture references this morning. not going to be before you long, I promise you. But, uh, just, just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we open up your word this morning. We thank you, praise you, for You've already speaking to us earlier this morning. You're already encouraging us. And God, we just want others to be encouraged. We want others to be touched by the love of God and to know the power of your love. As you said, by loving kindness, have you drawn the eye by drawing thee, God? So you have power to draw by loving kindness. And so we thank you, Lord God, speak up to your name. And all these places right now that we're aware of that's without love, where there's hate, where there's murder where there's malicious uh, evil intent god we just lift up your name over these places uh new places like ukraine there's love in ukraine but there's war there too god there's hate there too god there is there is love in the united states of america but there's war murder and hate there too god there's lying and malicious, malicious intent there too god so father we just pray that love will conquer love will override love will overshadow lord god love will cover and multitude of those faults of those who are persecuting us and bringing abuse and, and murder and, and, and bloodshed to the innocent lord god they will, those out there lord that cannot help themselves to the underserved population who are suffering right now for because of a lack of love in the heart of those decision makers and lawgivers and lawmakers but god i pray in the name of jesus that you would touch them with your hand of discipline, Lord God, enough to be able to break them because you said a broken out of contrite spirit. You will not despise and harm them under the mighty hand of God, Lord God. It's, it's, it's right now, God, there's it, so much trouble sweeping across this earth, Lord God. It will, it's becoming so visible now, God. More shootings, oh Lord God. More killings, oh Lord God. But in the name of Jesus, we declare an end to it. We declare, Lord God, a termination of it. We declare your divine intervention to stop all of it and bring peace and restoration, God, and hope to the people. Restore that hope, Lord God, to the people that are about to give up, Lord God, and they see no other way but violence. But God, in the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of domestic violence Oh God, all the malicious intent of those who are out there plotting and planning, uh, young folks, God, and, and older folks, God. Hallelujah, God. We're just praying right now for your love to just prevail in these situations, God. Your peace we declare this morning in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we open up your word. We pray for the guidance of the Holy Ghost as he take us through this morning. Let us hear what you want us to hear, God, and let us uh, correspond in the way you want us to correspond in obedience, God. You said that we would hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that he commanded us to say, God. We would be blessed, O Lord God, and not cursed, O Lord God, with the blessings of, of the book instead of the curses of Egypt, God. And so we give you praise going on the board right now in Jesus' name. We pray this morning. Amen. So we're going to pick up our study this morning for a few minutes over. Again, like I said in the book of 1 John chapter 4, uh, precept C uh, in that seventh verse. 
And uh, again, it talks about being born of God and known of God. That C and D kind of C says being born of God, and D says and know of God. So those are some powerful precepts right there. <laughs> And we know that how God um, manifests his love is through grace, unmerited favor, based on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And so there's no, you know, no merit in what we do. The merit is in what he did, and that's called grace, that unmerited favor, where nothing we could do to earn it, but because it was earned on the, on the stripes of Jesus, amen, and he was hung on the cross and died and was crucified. But I thank God that he was also glorified that we might be able to know God, you know? And so over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 24, the King James Bible says this, Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. That's very important that we love, you know, um, the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Um, In other words, don't just fake it. To make it because you say you're a Christian or you're a good person. And sometimes there's no sincerity with that. It's just his habit. People make a habit of doing that, and they think that that's good because I said it. That's good because I know it. Well, what about living it on a daily basis? I'm working on a sermon right now that the Lord popped in my spirit of the day, and uh, it, 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 it shocked me. It, it rocked my whole world because I've never been used by God by this subject that he given me to deal with, and it's called dying to live. Dying to live. And I said, God, that's not God, you know. And he's giving me the scriptures and whatnot, and I'm, I'm not going to preach that this morning, but that's forthcoming. Dying to live, you know. And uh, it, it, make, it made sense after I meditated on it a little bit. And I said, God, I, I understand what you're trying to tell me to do that. I understand that's going to help a lot of people, you know, because, you know, he wants he want them to... Uh, to, to, to die so that they can know him. So you can't, you can't, you can't uh, be spiritually dead, you know, and then be spiritually alive without the love of God, you know, and, and it takes love for a person to die to themselves, but not love so much for yourself, but love for God, the one who died for you. And so I understand what he's saying, they're dying to live because he's talking about dying spiritually. So we can live spiritually. A lot of people are not living spiritually because they haven't died spiritually. You know, and so when they die physically, they won't be able to live spiritually. You know, and so that's what, in essence, what he's talking about. And it takes love to do all of that. And so that's where the sincerity comes in. That You know, we say a lot of times, Lord, use me, send me, I'll go use me, Lord God. And it's nice to say all those things, but where is the sincerity in it? where you really mean it because it could cost us our life. But if we die in Christ Jesus, though we be dead, the Bible says, yes, shall we live. So we never die. Bodies may die, but we never die. Our spirit will live in eternity forever, you know, with the Lord. Or we're going to live in that other horrible place that was created for Satan and his father. So it's just that simple, just that cut and dry. And I ain't wishing nobody dying go to hell. But I love the God who has a heaven and a hell to put people in based on you know, how we love him and how we show that love and prove that love while we are alive, yet alive. To do that, we got to spiritually die to self. 
So we see here, he says, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Don't be trying to fake it, make it. Don't try to make it sound so emotional. Get caught up and you feel in boo hoo alligator tears. Don't mean a thing. For husbands, like he told me in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 25, King James Bible, love your wives the way Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself. I love that scripture. That thing set me free after being married 15 years. Thought I was doing good. And Lord, I don't measure love by how many times you tell me, how emotionally you tell me, how many tears you cry when you tell me, how much mucus hanging out your nose. That does not impress me, but I look at how you treat your wife. Just one instance, just one episode that God, you know, dropped on my spirit. And there are others in the Bible that we'll probably support when I get ready to teach that subject matter. But it's all about love in Christ and sincerity. You know, that sincerity, that, that passion, you know, that you know that I can't live without this love, God. I can't live without loving you, God. I need your love to be able to hold me together. Or as I die spiritually, as I die daily, to offenses and feelings and emotions and pain and suffering things that people do against us and to us, God. I need I need I need to have a sincere heart, God, even if it's broken sometimes because I know you won't despise it. Lord God, I need to have that heart of humility that I'm willing to humble myself even though they're persecuting me for Christ's sake. You know, and so it takes a it takes a lot. It takes a lot to that but that that sincere heart, that sincere spirit is what God is looking at because we choose to do it. We don't we're not forced to do it. You know, we, we we do it. We're not expecting anything in return. We love God because God is love, and it shows that we're born of God and we know God. That's the bottom line. That should be sufficient. Amen. And He says, "Amen." Written from Rome until the Ephesians by Tychicus. Now you have to understand. Okay, Paul is in prison in Rome, writing letters out, epistles out to the churches. And he says, by Tychicus, not Paul, you know, that's one of one of Paul's followers, Tychicus. So Paul is using him to describe it, the letter that he wrote to the Ephesians about the sincere love. Maybe they was loving and thought they was doing it, doing good in their church in Ephesus. But Paul writes and tells them to do it in sincerity of heart. Don't just go through the motions because you're a church or you think you're supposed to do it, which you, you are commanded to do it more than supposed to. This is a commandment from God. And he said, if you are going to do the work of the law, he's commanded you to do this day. You know, we're going to eat the good of the man, basically what he's saying. You know, we're not going to have these and these, but we're going to have these blessings. That's, that's the payoff. And so uh, this letter is going to the church, amen, and it's going to us because we make up and represent the church in there, and so it applies to us just as, just as much so as it is them. Uh, then he goes over into the book of uh Second Timothy chapter one verse thirteen King James Bible. Now here Paul is shifting. We just read the letter he wrote to uh to the church to Tychicus. Now he's writing to his son in the ministry, Timothy. And so you see, Paul wants all of them to be on one accord. So let's see what he writes here to them, talking about this love. He says, "Hold fast the form of sound doctrine." See, there's a link to the love growing and maturing in the love of God. It has to do with sound doctrine, because love is sound. The doctrine that talks about love ought to be sound, and it's by what's written in the Bible. You know, and he goes, there's a lot of doctrine out there. There's a lot of books out there on love and all that. You know, you see a whole lot of books on love, steps to love, and all kinds of love, and, you know, and Valentine love, and, you know, a lot of books about love. But is it based on sound doctrine? You know? 
and said, which thou had heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, Paul, is, Paul has got this sincere heart. Now, he didn't always have it, but his heart has been changed because he had a personal encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying if you really want to know love sincerely, let the Lord come and touch your heart. Let the Lord come and breathe on you. Ask, invite the Lord into your heart. And what happens is when he, you invite him in, he, he no longer has to stand at the door and knock. If you invite him in, he shall come in and sup with you and go and reason with you and go your sin, be a scholar. I'll make them white as snow. That, that, that'll touch you right there. To know that you can get rid of your sin stain, never to be heard of again, and cast into the sea of forgiveness by you just opening the door and invite Jesus to come in. And what takes place is this. Now the Holy Ghost can come, the promise of the Father, and shed love abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And from that day forward, you can walk in love because you have the Spirit of God who activates the fruit of the Spirit, love being the most powerful one, the most uh, highest one, the most important one. Everything else hinges on that. Then from that, you're able to go and mature to be able to love the brethren as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and so it's, it's, it's Paul, Paul, Paul witnessed this firsthand. Paul had this encounter, knowing that he had been persecuting the saints who, who, who confessed Jesus Christ, preach and teach about Jesus Christ. Had a lot of them put to death, put in prison, <coughs> executed, persecuted. And he ended up having an encounter on the road to Damascus with Jesus Christ. And he made him free. Opened his eyes, blinded him, but he opened his eyes. Paul died that day spiritually so that he could come alive spiritually. And he proved that he knew God and he was born of God because of what we're reading right now. He couldn't he couldn't help himself. See, when God changed you, you can't help yourself. You're going to talk about it. You're going to talk about his love. You're going to be willing to do it. You're going to want to do it, even though sometimes it'd be tough and it don't seem fair. But this is who we call to be. And we have to do it. He's saying <clears throat> that next level, which is called sincerity of heart, being sincere in your heart. And and people will pick up on that quicker than they will pick up on somebody who's faking it. They love, yeah, I love the Lord. I love me some Jesus. And they're trying to bite your dog on that. So yes, he says, hold fast, stay with it, don't give up. You know, the form of sound doctrine is going to yield some fruit after a while, and hopefully that one of those powerful fruit would be love. God in, in in our neighbor, which thou hast heard of me. Paul said, you know, follow my personal example now. I didn't always, wasn't always saved to do this, but I'm saved now. Paul said, and I've been doing this now since I've been saved. That's the proof, you know, that I know God and I'm born of God. And faith and love. So faith and love work together. So the, the message that Paul is writing and preaching is a message of faith based on love without any compromise, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, he's writing that to Timothy. Now open the book of Ephesians, which we know in the chapter 4, verse 15, the King James Bible, what we just left from Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verse 24, before we went to this verse, Paul is saying, speak the truth and love without compromise. You know, that's the sincerity that I'm not going to compromise. As difficult as it may sound, I still got to do it. I still got to say it. I still got to be about it. Because this proves that I'm born of God. How can I do otherwise? And that I know God. And so in the book of, you know, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 13, King James Bible, that's what Paul writes to Timothy. Paul wants Timothy to, to, to love people the way he loved people. He wants Timothy to love God the way he loved God from sincerity of heart. And anyone else that's going to uh, say that they're 
Christians or they're born again or they know God. And so there's the proof that we know God right there and that we're born of God. It's kind of how to doctrine of how to do this thing, instructed from the scriptures. And so now uh, we see another passage here in the book of Philemon. Uh, Philemon has has to do with, you know, slave ownership, having people that's under you, under you that work for you, that owe you, indebted to you. And we know in the book of Philemon, you know, uh, we find this this relationship between, you know, a, a slave and and uh, and, uh, and and Philemon. And Paul is making an appeal for it for Philemon to drop all the debt. You know, see that's that's love. You love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, when someone owe you, you know. And I'm just paraphrasing, you know, what what that book is about. Between a slave and his owner, or someone who was indebted, owed him something, you know, to the one that was owed it. And in order for it to be fair, you know, um, love has to be in play. Even though uh, Philemon said he loved God, but treated his slave like crap, like crap, you know, or vice versa. And so Paul ended up, you know, encouraging both of them, you know. On, and on behalf of, of uh, the slave. So it says here, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, let your slave go free. Drop the charges. Forget about what he owes you. You owe too. You would, how would you want somebody you owe to treat you for them? You know. And so Paul is telling him, you know, I, I've heard of it now. He had no problem loving long as you paid your debt, long as you paid what you owed him. Even if you weren't able to pay it, he expected you to pay it. But he was a loving man, he was a kind man. And he, you know, he, he, he was long-suffering. He was patient with the dude. But he didn't want to cancel the debt. He didn't want to, I mean, he wasn't hurt for nothing. You know, he wasn't hurt for nothing. There are people on this earth, man, that have so more money than they'll ever need. They don't know what to do with it now. And all they're doing is, Trying to get more, buying up more land, buying up more land, building bigger jets and yachts and, you know, and stuff, you know, and doing anything to make more money. We call that greed, not love. That's greed. And the Bible said that's the wrong kind of love because the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, you give it. I'm telling you something. I've learned something here, man, that if you give a Christian some money, a large amount of money, you will be able to know what's in that Christian's heart right away. If you're giving us a person money, you should already know what they're going to do, but you will know. One thing they're not going to do is go give it to God or to the work of God. They're going to go to all the exotic places that they've always wanted to go. They're going to vacation. They're going to go try to buy everybody a car in the family, a girl, buying jewelry, clothes, whatever. That's church folks, too. Give them some money and watch what happens. You know, you don't have to love money, you know, for evil to come. The Bible just said the love of money is the root of all you. But there are some people, man, you know, they, they got money and they, they've always been that way. Money first. People, I don't know when the people come into play, but it's about money first. In fact, your God, and the Bible warns about loving two masters, mammon and, and, and God, man and God, money and God. Anything that you put before God, you love it more than God. That's what that, that's what that umbrella is, is talking about. It's a huge umbrella. A lot of things people put before God under their calling it love. You know, God gave me this money, you know, brother. He want me to do it. He want me to do that. God want me to, he don't want me worried about going to vacation. He don't want me worried about going to Vegas. He don't want me worried about going to Monaco. 
No, God is certainly not going to worry about it. We're going to be the ones worrying about it. When the money is spent and you got bills, bills due, baby need to pass shoes, you know, rent due, you know, to pay on taxes and insurance on this bottom of the car. We've been living it up. Down there, where was the money took us? You know, they go to Dubai now. They go to foreign countries now. They end up being becoming hostages and kidnapped. Not seeing no danger. Just go, 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 because you got the money to go. Pay to get there, and then you may not be able to get back. You pay round trip, and now you, you, you've been kidnapped, and you can't get back. And you calling the president and everybody else, trying to tell them to get you out of the sense of to rescue you. And they forewarn you not to go. Well, because of, of money, an opportunity to make money. A lot of people are overseas right now, prisoners of war, because they were a working contract job for the government. When warning after warning came and all this stuff broke a few years back to get out of there, come home. Now I'm going to stay because I got a good job. I'm making good money. Some of it's tax-free, paid by them foreign governments who don't love you, but will work you like a slave. And some of them right now, prisoners of war, but this war going on in Russia's crazy. You know, Russia have no love you know, for no American, whether you black or white. Some people are kind of not the hard way. But remember what Paul says, though? He says, hey, just like Philemon and, and, and his, 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 uh, and this is what he said, hey, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So you want to be able to love, you love God first now. Y'all have to love all the saints, you know, all, all the saints, all the saints. You know. That's the only thing in this world God wants you to love. He said, be in the world, but don't be of the world. Love not the things of this world, love to the flesh, love to that proud of life. All them things you can buy with a lot of money, yachts and all that stuff, cold and old and whatever. But don't love the saints because you don't love God. You love your money. And that's in the book of Philemon. Chapter 1, verse 5 of the King James Bible, because he owned the guy that got owed him a debt. That was more important than, you know, the guy's salvation, of being able to love sincerely and express and prove that you love God and you know God by letting the man debt be counseled. You know it wasn't able to pay it. You want him put in prison. So let's go a little further here uh, over in the book of, uh, we got here, First Peter, chapter 1, verse 8 of the King James Bible. Uh, just got through reading and sharing with you, elaborating and expounding on the book of Philemon, chapter 1, verse 5 of the King James Bible. So let's drop over here to the book of First Peter, chapter 1, verse 8 of the King James Bible. And let's kind of see Peter's take on this thing now, proving that we are born of God and that we know God by how we love God and love others and how we show and demonstrate it from a sincere heart. <clears throat> we know Peter had a, a, a close encounter with Jesus on several occasions. Denied him three times, like Jesus said he would, before the cock crowed thrice. And then he said, Hey, Satan's at the door and designed to ship you as weak, but I pray for you. Maybe he can do it. I pray for you out of sincere love for you, Peter, because you're going to be instrumental in the ministry. You're going to be an evangelist. You're going to spread the good news of the gospel. And you just got to get filled and sealed with the Holy Ghost first. But it's coming, Peter. You know, Peter didn't, wasn't all that he was going to be when he had an encounter with Jesus. But shortly after, he would become, because he was one of the apostles that went back up into the upper room and prayed until they went through with power from on high. And he went to prison with Paul, but he didn't tell you something. That prison couldn't hold God. When God is in you and the power of God is in you, can't no prison hold you. And the Lord proved that. 
And Peter came out and said, hey, y'all crazy, man. I can't stop talking about Jesus. I, I got sincere love for him in my heart. You know, it's better for me to obey God than obey man. That's sincerity, y'all. And he says here, he says, whom have it not seen, ye love. And whom, though, now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy, unspeakable, and fullness of glory. Now, Peter said, look, I, he may not physically be here, no, I may not physically see him anymore, but I saw him. And the experience and the relationship and the encounter changed my life, freed me forever. You know, I'm never going to doubt him again. It's better for me to obey him going forward. You know, Peter was done, man. He had that personal encounter with him that changed his life. He stayed changed. He didn't go back. He didn't deny him no more. He actually died telling folks about it. Because he was sincere. He had sincere love in his heart for the Lord who had saved him from himself, from utter destruction, and used him mightily, put love in his heart, put the Holy Ghost in his heart to continue to activate that love. And Peter couldn't help it. Couldn't shut his mouth now. He ran his mouth for Jesus, man. People getting saved, man. Asking Peter, what must we do? Peter said, hey, repent ye of your sins. My God, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Same gift I receive. And then you're going to be a witness, man. You know, to the love of Christ, just like me. He was saying, whom having not seen, you know, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not. So Peter's like saying, take my word for it. I saw him so you can see him. Now, you may not physically see him the way I saw him, but that's okay. He's still alive. Yes, me how I know. I know because Peter said he's not living me by the Holy Spirit. Take my word for it. Believe it. It's true. I mean, you know, he said, you don't have, you don't take my word, but I see him. Yet you still got to love him, you know. You, see, you know, though now you see him not, that's okay, but you're going to see him. You gonna, he's coming back. Peter's saying, he made me that promise. So you, if you don't see him now, you're going to see him later if you live right. Yet believing, that's what it key is right there. God so loved the world that so believes that he sent only the God and Son, who so believeth in him shall not perish. That however, that's not. Peter's saying, the only hope you have right now is to believe my testimony, to believe what I'm telling you about him. I had a personal experience with him. I'm speaking from a sincere heart about him. I ain't just telling you stuff to get your money to get you to follow me, to get you to stay in the church or to be a member of the church. No, I'm trying to get you right to know him so that when he comes, you will be known of him because you became his before he came and physically showed himself. That's going to happen, Peter said. Peter said, you got to live your life today and like that, that reality, that eternity. You got to start right now, even though you don't physically see him, you know. And he says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know, just just offer that good news, just offer that revelation, just offer that truth that Peter was sharing with them that was written. All the cause people, man, to feel the joy of God. I know when I talk about Jesus, man, I feel something different than what I feel when I don't talk about it. I believe that others around, when they see you talking about Jesus, feel something they never felt before. They don't, may not be able to put their finger on and know what it is, but it's the love of God trying to draw, touching them. And they'll tell you sometimes, man, I just feel so good. I feel something different. I feel, I just feel love. Well, that's God. That's God. That's how he draw people. So let's go a little further here uh, over in the book of, uh, matter of fact, 
that kind of finished up precept D. Now we're going to transition and go right to precept C, which is the last precept uh, in this particular verse. And it might be a little messy because I got several reference scriptures because now we're going to see a transition here when you start talking about loving God and proving that you're known of God and that you know you know God and that you're born of God. Being born of God, uh, there's a word that comes to mind, and you're a lot of you familiar with this word. It's called uh, regeneration. You know, regeneration means that I was something, but I had to be renewed to be something else. That's called regeneration. A lot of times the word is, is, is the only thing spiritually that can regenerate an unregenerate person. You know, it's the word. That, that, that's the power of the word. You know, it can discern the thoughts and tents of the heart. And it can freak for people. It can cut. It can penetrate places that, you know, my little words will never reach. But God's word, being my word, will. It's powerful, it's quick, it's sharp, and two-edged sword. It cuts the sun between the body and soul and spirit. That separation down there where you really get into who you really are and what you're really struggling with. That's that part that needs to be exposed sometimes. But we can get rid of it before it gets exposed. We take it to the Lord. We let the word penetrate in there and let the word cut us free and discern the thoughts and intents in our heart. So that we come clean before God through repentance. That's love. And let him draw us closer. And so it's called regeneration. God, you know, this untoward generation needs regeneration. Needs some re re recalculation, some restoring, some, some rethinking about life, their approach to life. Right now, everybody's thinking about partying, drinking, marrying, just like it was in the day of Noah. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah, just doing everything, promiscuous behavior, you know, uh, homosexuality, uh, you know, lesbianism, all that stuff right now, man, seems to be so appealing to people. Right now, all over the wrong reasons, gay rights and LGBT rights and all this stuff, you know, abusing themselves, you know, abusing the love of God, you know, loving the flesh, lust that I proud of life, you know, lust of, you know, those, those things, you know more appealing, you know, but they need regeneration. And regeneration is uh, it's called a second birth, you know, a second birth. Uh, you know, and we see that in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, the King's Name Bible. Matter of fact, regeneration is called a second birth when Christian, Christian believers, uh, or when a Christian, when Christians believe in Jesus Christ, for salvation, they are being born of God. See, that's a regeneration. Begotten of him, basically what we're saying. You know, begotten of him. He claims you as his own. Uh, over in the book of 1 John, chapter uh, 5, verse 1, the King James Bible will prove that out. As a result of becoming part of God's family, man believes to become a different and a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, the King James Bible. Okay? And so let's just kind of, you know, look at this. It says, and according to the Bible, regeneration is God making a person spiritually alive as a result of faith in Jesus Christ. Because prior to salvation, we were not God's children. That's in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12. Verse 13, the King James Bible, where it says, We got to first receive him in order to become the children of God. As many as receive him, as many as receive him, not those who didn't receive him, them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Then, 
who and what were we? We were children of wrath. According to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 3, the King James Bible, and the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, the King James Bible. We wasn't always saved. Okay? Then, book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, 13, the King James Bible, just read, it says this, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And so we know Jesus was totally different than any other human being that was born. He had no human blood in him. The blood was in him, came straight from the Father through the Holy Ghost. Period. Wasn't contaminated. So he couldn't do it. He could not do unlawful and contaminated things. Because that wasn't the blood that was in him. That wasn't the nature that was in him. Even though he was he was the son of man. My God conceived of the Holy Ghost. So we see that right there. Also in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, the King James Bible, it says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we ain't already been saved. None of us have always been saved. As much as we like to think we've been so good all our lives, you know, mom, dad, everybody, you know, they just man made sure, man. But that that right there, that was that wasn't nowhere close to what we're talking about right now. It wasn't until we got regenerated. We had that second birth, you know, firstborn of the flesh to mom and dad. Yeah, they raised us, trained us in the way we should go. But then uh, something happened. I really got saved and filled with overload. Now I had a second birth. I was regenerated. I was renewed, you know, and 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 I received some understanding of what took place now. You know, I say 8 September 1990 is when I really got saved. I've been in church all my life. I was raised in a good, disciplined household, but I didn't have no relationship with Jesus Christ on no personal basis. I had a relationship with the church. I thought that was Jesus. But then, you know, in September 1990, like I say, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost still, and then to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that has lasted ever since then and contained to that. And that's in the book of Ephesians. Paul's letter again to the Ephesian church, chapter 2, verse 3 of the King James Bible. Uh, also, in the book of Romans, we talked about a minute ago, chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, King James Bible says this, Therefore, as by offense of one judgment, came upon all men to condemnation. That's what they did to Jesus on our behalf. We didn't even know what was going on. Jesus was doing this because it was in the Father's will to reconcile us back. Our redemption was hanging in the balance. He had to go through some condemnation and some judgment that we were supposed to because we were the sinners, but because God's love was stronger and more powerful. He would rather sacrifice his son for us to take our place so that we wouldn't be condemned satisfying that propitiation, that requirement for peace between us and God, you know? And it was an offense that we caused. I'm talking about that's humanity. When Adam and sin, it was imputed. Now you got the second man, Adam, and he'll be condemned for us, being, you know, becoming that offense for us, taking that on, that offended God, sin offended God, you know? <laughs> Love takes care and cancels the offense, though. And so God showed that love and demonstrated through his son Jesus when we were yet sinners Christ that. 
so that it would no longer be an offense. We would no longer be an offense to God. We have an advocate to go between. So God don't see the offenses anymore, but he sees his son and the to work on the cross. And we're redeemed by that and the redeemed Lord always says so. So let's go a little further here. We move to close. I'm, I'm just about there. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon uh, all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, for law entered, for the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That's in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 18, through verse 20, King James Bible. So look at what he's saying there now. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, they didn't know they were sinning against God until the law was given. They just thought, hey, man, you know, I just choose to do whatever I want to do. You know, the Bible said man left to himself on this earth is about a few days and full of evil. They had no restrictions. They had no boundaries. They just do whatever. It was unlawful. So God had to end up giving Moses the law, man, to kind of help these people, man, not to be heathens and live like barbarians, but have some, some type of bound or something to, to tell them this is wrong. You can't do this. Hearken to this. You were commanded to do this and not that. Have no other God before God. Make no graven images. Him. Have no idolatry, none of that stuff. Don't worship nobody but him. You know, don't certain things you shouldn't eat. Certain you know, it, 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 was, it, was, it was abounded, but the law came to be able to stop it from being an offense in the nostrils of God, you know. And so he says, but when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So obviously they were sinning because they had no rules, no 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 spiritual laws, no laws, no no commandments, nothing to guide them and tell them to restrain them or to show them how bad off they were without God, how far they had fallen. But then he said that sin was abounding, but God had to send his grace to much more abound, get out in front of it and head it off. And then for anyone who believed on them that the grace of God was sufficient, all experienced that firsthand. All right, then we're gonna bring it in right there. We're gonna give you one more scripture here on the general on the regeneration, and then we're gonna bring it in in the book of John, chapter one, verse thirteen, King James Bible. Here's a good picture, a snapshot of regeneration, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's that's the regeneration you talk about. That that is born of God, regenerated. That second birth, renewed. You know, in that relationship, reconcile back to God the Father through Jesus Christ. He shared with us. All right, then we're going to end right there and we'll pick this up uh, uh, on the next teaching. Amen. Uh, but um, hopefully, you got something out of it this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for the word of the Lord this morning, revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what it means to be regenerated, renewed in the things of God. Where Adam, that first man, sinned, we were brought back to reconciliation through Jesus Christ, away from the judgment, away from the offense, away from uh, un unredemptive work and practices where we live, oh God. But because of the blood of Jesus, we were redeemed from that curse under the law, God, because we, we abused and violated our very own law, God. None of them could keep it, but they used it to keep your people uh, in bondage. But then Jesus came and fulfilled the law that they no longer had to be restrained by. 
it had its purpose. It served its purpose. It was supposed to be a schoolmaster to show the people, God, what they were doing, the errors of their life and their way and their choices. But you sent Jesus Christ full of grace and full of truth to free them. And they became born again, Lord God, regenerated by the renewing of their minds through the word of God that was preached to them in faith by love. As Paul told the churches in Ephesus, Corinth, even when he gave an example of Philemon, the power of love to regenerate, the power of love to renew, the power of love to deliver, the power of love to cover multitude of faults and sins, the power of love to free the captive, all demonstrated in your word, your love letter to the people, God. And you even use Peter and others, Paul and others, God, to carry this love message forward to the churches, not only, God, in word and mouth, but, God, in demonstration of their personal life and their walk. As an example and encouragement to others, let us not be those Pauls and Peters that walk there. Let us be the love message carriers. Let us be the ones, oh God, who carry the message of love, proving, Lord, that we're born of God and that we know God. Not through God what we say, but through the Christ that sent us what he speaks, through love without compromise. So we thank you now for the spirit of love operating in us. We thank you for the Holy Ghost who activates that spirit. Lord, we don't have to fake it to make it, but from sincerity of heart, because you're in our heart, we can be sincere and as we share love, because it's aiming to please you and not to please ourselves or please man. So, Father, we thank you now for being able to walk in love. We thank you now for being born again, hold things past away, and all things new, that we now can walk in love, free God, of hatred, free God, of evil, Lord. Just walking in the love of Christ is our prayer this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then, we're going to end right there.